it, it's funny if there's a team in the SEC that's doing worse on special teams than George is. It's, it's Vanderbilt. They're they're not particularly competent at anything. Can you believe it's already week seven of the college football season? I mean, it's amazing how we spend all of the offseason counting down the days until kickoff, which seems like it'll never get here, and then in contrast how quickly it all just flies by once it begins. This weekend in Athens, one of Georgia's traditional homecoming opponents, Vanderbilt, makes a welcome trip into Sanford Stadium. Because let's admit it, it's been a pretty rough first half of the season for the dogs. And the get-right elixir that they need might just be the Commodores as they tote their 2-4 and four record in here on Saturday. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 59 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. On today's show, Tony and I discuss what's gone right for UGA, where they've misfired thus far, and of course, hand out our predictions for the game this weekend. As for Will, well, he was definitely missed in person, but he did send in a very quick commentary from a cab in New York City, so you'll hear that as well. Toward the end of this episode, Tony and I give our weekly college football picks and have three questions for each other that run the gamut from best homecoming memories to whether or not UGA should ever play a Thursday night ESPN game. <laughs> should be interesting. Thanks for tuning us in this week. Let's get started. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. So, hello there. This is Scott, and I'm here with Tony, and we are Sans Will, because it's a Wednesday, and he's in New York City doing something meaningful, meaning he's recording his Pro Football Now show for Sports Illustrated, and he's getting paid to do it. So it's Tony and me. Are we getting paid? We're not we're not making We're pouring some out for our homies. There, there we are. Into yeah. our into our mouths. Yeah. So we are here to talk about the Vanderbilt Georgia game. Woohoo. Yeah. Is that how we get it started? Does that get everybody excited? I'm are you mildly trembling excited? with you, excitement? You look almost disappointed to speak about <laughs> God, Vanderbilt. As I told you downstairs, it's like Vanderbilt is football Ebola man. <laughs> This, so, the, uh, but but you said you, they played Kentucky last week. They did play Kentucky. And, and did you watch that game? I or think was, they came in second to Kentucky. Yeah, they lost. I think it was a slugfest, twenty to thirteen. Uh, the only the only substantive football of theirs I've watched was that Thursday night uh, kickoff game. That is not substantive. South Carolina Vanderbilt. Um, I watched the better part of the first half of that game uh, when Vanderbilt was quote unquote doing well in the game. I you, were, say. you were bullish on Vanderbilt at the beginning of the season. I, yeah, I thought the, I thought their offense was going to come together. Um, Probably their best offensive performance to at this point is um, 31 points against Western Kentucky, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, probably um, so. You know, they, they scored 47 on mid Middle Tennessee. Uh, so and that, that was one we predicted that Vanderbilt or might lose. Yeah, I, 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 picked, many, uh, I picked Middle Blue Tennessee. Blue Raider fans were going to be yeah, in the picked, stands that day. I picked, picked Middle Tennessee. I also picked Western Kentucky, so I've been wrong twice. Um, so Vanderbilt's two and four. Yeah, and just to catch up, they lost thirteen ten to South Carolina after leading ten to zero. Um, they lost to Georgia Tech thirty eight to seven. That should tell you something. Uh, they lost to Florida thirteen to six. Which at this point, if you look at Bill Conley's stats, that's probably their best performance percentage wise. And then they lost last week to Kentucky, which is uh, probably a new low for Vanderbilt, considering how really bad Kentucky is. Um, but hey, we have to play them. It's homecoming. Um, well, we do have a common opponent. We do have one common opponent. That's South That's Carolina. Far. That's South Carolina. If South Carolina looked pretty anemic in that first game. I remember I did watch a, a little bit of that, and it was a struggle fest uh, for South Carolina to do anything. And you'd think like, well, that's typical for a first game. And then let's touch a little bit on just to kind of get us moving into the Vanderbilt game this weekend of how Georgia kind of fared against <clears throat> South Carolina. And since they are the common opponent – 
even when Georgia was up 14-7, I never was really that nervous. You know, and it's just it's kind of like when you're watching these games, it, they kind of take on their own personality. Like for the entire Tennessee game, I'm like, there's no way this lead is safe. And when I was watching Missouri, I was like, there's no no way this lead is safe. And when we were down, I was thinking like, we might not make it back. But with South Carolina, I was like, yeah, we, we it's going to be ugly, but we got this. Did yeah, you feel I, that way? I kept thinking in order for us to lose South Carolina, we were going to have to do something dumb to shoot ourselves in the foot. And honestly, if you think about it, it, it probably that is what it would have taken, even if we hadn't scored the go-ahead touchdown. I mean, we, we were going to get the ball back. Even if they kicked away, we were going to get the ball back right. um, with the opportunity to run out the clock, and we were running the football. I, I think the takeaway from Georgia-South Carolina, in my mind, is we weren't able to put them away. And we talked about that a little bit. We had a couple mm-hmm. opportunities. Twice inside their 40. Right. And coming right. away with zero points. Yeah. I mean, one of them was the interception. Um, right. Which which hurt I, I think and that was a actually it might have been the best thrown ball that to me it looked like he was interfered with yeah I, I went back and looked at that play three or four times uh, I, I went back and I went back and looked at several of the plays particularly the passing plays I'm going to talk about that in a minute mm-hmm. but I, that was a real close call on the on, inter, on interference because I, I, mean, I the only reason it, the only reason I was yelling at the TV like it flagged you know looking for the interference and it never got thrown and I didn't get I didn't catch a replay on it. Yeah, it, it could have been called. I think they could have called it. Right. Um, but he did get a hand on the ball too, which you which usually has a tendency unless he just climbs all over the guy. Mm-hmm. They're going to let them do that. Um, but you know, it, 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 that's neither here nor there. The the other part about it is that we, um, you know, defensively we went through stretches where we it felt like we were were doing a different package that really opened up the middle of the field and let it be soft. And then, particularly on the left side again, uh, or the right side of our defense, the left side of South Carolina's offense, that swing pass was there all day long. And it felt like it was there all day long. That's not exactly true. And then, then we went to the other side. It seemed like Malcolm Parrish was there intercepting the ball or, mm-hmm. or at least disrupting the play. So, you know, I went back and, and was wanted to look at Jacob Eason's game. Yeah, let's, let's touch on that because what did he throw for, like, it wasn't great. Yards. I, it wasn't great. I don't remember what the stats were. We it doesn't matter. Don't you yeah. bring it up? It's, it's um, like less than forty yards. It wasn't. It was statistically. It wasn't great. Um, you know, the thing I heard is that well, there were two things I heard. The first is it was very windy, um, and uh, Zaire was very quick to point out how windy it was. Uh, and if you look, there was a lot of wind. So you know, I tried to take into account going into the wind, going with the wind, and a little like the wind probably did affect him some. The second is is that. His mechanics have regressed a little bit, and well, maybe it's because he spent the whole first quarter of the season throwing off his back foot. And that's exactly what I was about to say. Oh, really? uh, this was the first game, uh, certainly since the North Carolina game. It feels like that he had, he actually had adequate pass protection. I think part of it you got to get him out of some, some habits, um, and, and that that will come with time and experience. Um, the other part about it is <clears throat> it felt like we ran more passing plays uh, from under center again instead of out shotgun. And it's, it's it's becoming more and more clear that he is much more comfortable running passing plays out of shotgun. Um, is that what he did in high school? Yeah. Was, oh, yeah. Yeah. Lake Stevens is a is one of those spreads, uh, you know, fun and gun type uh, or however, whatever the terminology is now, you know, um, passing spread. I, I guess Mike Leach, how mummy mold. You know, that's that's what they do. And and so he already started from the snap. I, I'm I'm a little I was a little interested that we didn't run any pistol formations. We did. I only saw, I saw one. one. We yeah. saw one. That to me is a formation we should run more. We ran it four or five times in the North Carolina game. We, we ran a couple times against Tennessee. 
we seem to be more effective when we can get the flex and when you, when you, you run flex plays and even up the middle because you once you do that, you're starting back into zone blocking, which our guys really shown that they show they could do, should do well. We would get into situations where we're stacked up eight on eight and we're taking man on man blocking situations. That's when we basically got clogged up in the end zone and got, frankly, it was all, I mean, Chubb probably got in because there was an angle we couldn't see, but it was a close, close call whether he got in right. on that touchdown. Um, it really was just they put nine guys on the line. We put eight guys on the line on a fullback and said, okay, well, you know, if we win the line scrimmage, you know, we, we win, which, you know, I, I, get, I get wanting to do. I really get wanting to do. Yeah, but there comes a point where you stop digging a hole just to prove you can handle a shovel. Um, <laughs> so that's you know that's that's a that's a that's a problem sometimes. Now it, it worked out fine against South Carolina. We got games coming up. It won't work against. Now transferring that, is that forward. Your segue to Vanderbilt. That's my segue okay. to Vanderbilt. So Vanderbilt is. Um, it's not going to be any surprise to anybody that has listened to. Me talk about Vanderbilt still remains pretty good on defense. Um, you know, they aren't quite what they were last year. They continue to be. I mean, a lot of ways they're South Carolina. They're South Carolina light. Uh, their offense remains not good at all. Yes, Shermer is he a is he the kid of what is it Pat Shermer? Uh, you know, it's a good question. I don't know. It may be. Okay, it may be. Can somebody check on that for us? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll put our research department on it. But they still they still have Ralph Webb. They still have uh, Webb. Know, he had a hundred yards last week. Yeah, he's their leading rusher. I mean, look here are their here are their yards per play total on the season: three point seven two against South Carolina, four point seven one against Middle Tennessee State, four point five one against Georgia Tech, five point four eight against Western Kentucky, three point eight against um, Florida, four point five five against Kentucky. You know, defensively, you know they they are holding teams to right about five and actually held Kentucky to under four, but they gave up a lot of yards to Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee state and actually five, almost five a yard to South Carolina. Uh, it should be not, uh, not surprising. They held Florida to 3.475. I think that's a game that, um, that was Del Rio's first game, not in, in, so I think Florida was trying to figure out their offense, you know, from a, um, from a, you know, national standpoint, their offense is uh, is pretty far down the list. I'm gonna say, let's see, um, like 124th at 299 yards a game. How um, many how many schools are there? And 100, 128. So they're 126 of 128 at 299 yards a game. Um, just to give you some context, um, Georgia is currently sitting in. I'm gonna say in the 50s. No, I'm sorry, upper 70s at 398 yards per game. So, you know, that's when you when you look at the disparity there, and especially when you turn around and look at the disparity on defense. The numbers don't lie. It should be they, an easy victory for Georgia, right? Well, you know, Vanderbilt's defense has given up substantially more yards per game this year than they did last year. They're in 59th. And 392, and understand. I I think there are, there are more to these stats than than simply yards per game because they can be. Well, they they're can, misleading. I mean, it's the same thing like time of possession. You know, which we dominated against South Carolina. We had uh, in hand or versus Tennessee, but both of those those games 
Tennessee did, South Carolina could have just turned on a dime. Yeah, yeah, and you know, the, you know, getting back to what I was saying about about you know Georgia, Georgia, Georgia's had basically one bad game interspersed with uh, one bad game, one okay game, and three actually pretty good games. North Carolina again only gave up three hundred fifteen total yards. Uh, Nickel State two hundred thirty six, despite the slog fest that was. Uh, Missouri was four hundred seventy one, which is. I mean, Missouri's a good offense. They're given they're they're actually doing well. But Mississippi was a complete outlier of five ten. I mean, they're they're scoring points, but they are just I mean, they, they gave up five hundred ten to Mississippi yeah. against Mississippi. You know, the interesting thing is that Tennessee gained over seven hundred yards in the loss to A and M this past weekend. Yeah, and we held them three hundred fifty seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, that's what happens when a team is given a gift touchdown in a short field. I mean, yeah. a, a team as good as Tennessee. Here, here's the thing. When you look at advanced analytics and look at Bill Conley's numbers, things like that, we're really just like we're just an average SEC team. Um, and the the point I kind of I keep coming back to is what I said last week is that Tennessee is what Tennessee is. This is what Butch Jones has been building to. You know, they basically lost in overtime to a Texas A&M team that has a shot at competing for the SEC West. We'll kind of know what Tennessee really is this coming week against Alabama, but they are what they are. I mean, they have a senior quarterback. They have their four-year, their fourth year of their four-year plan. Um, everybody plays hard on that team. Have you noticed that offense, defense, special yeah, teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's just giving all that effort. And that, yeah. I mean, you know, kudos to Butch Jones, and I, I'm not one to compliment Butch Jones at all. But I mean, y- y'all don't know this, but he has a secret man crush on Butch Jones. <laughs> I do not like him. In fact, my uh, my my kids like to make fun of how red he turns compared to his orange uh, vest on the sidelines. But he's kind of a Brian Kelly mold where he likes to yell a lot. He, uh, but it seems to be effective because his kids play hard for him. Yeah, they do play hard. Um, here's the thing: Georgia has a long Georgia has a long way to go. But they, I think, I think they could get worse. But they also have a lot of room to improve this season. We we still have a freshman quarterback who's going to start his fifth game. He can't week. get. He cannot have a worse passing game than he did on well, Saturday. He can. Sunday. Sorry. He can. He can. But it would be hard to fathom. Yeah. Um. You know, we have. We finally have a full, healthy stable of running backs. Knock on veneer. Um. We have. Um. A defense that's finally going to be Julian Rochester's back. Is it Rochester? Who's no, he's not? been playing. Not Rochester. Um. So Jonathan Ledbetter will be back. So we're you know finally at full strength on off on defense. Um, I thought we did better blocking with our wide receivers this week. So you know, well, I mean, obviously because look at look at the amount of yards. I mean, we were Harrion was what eighteen yards away from being the third back to go over hundred yards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was he was basically two more two more handoffs yeah. from it. Um, so here's kind of the way I view the rest of the season because we're we're this game's not right. So this is kind of the way I view the rest of the season going. The schedule is overall, in my mind, is overall easier. But we again, we have we're facing two games that will you know kind of turn on will, will help turn our season. You're talking uh, about Florida, Florida and Auburn, Auburn. Florida and Auburn, and, and we can talk about the nonsense with the Florida LSU. There's no way we are going to move toward a Florida game. That, that would be that would be the ultimate McGarity. That I just can't fathom him do. Even if that would that would it's not going to happen. It's, I mean, it's not too, going to happen. But, but it, the fact that it was entertained. Well, I don't think it was entertained by Georgia. Let me and okay. I, I will I will I will say this immediately. I don't think I think McGarity was trying to be politic when he originally made the the statement that you know he he made some statement that wasn't a flat out denial that could happen. Oh, okay. And I think he was being politic about it. And I think he thought. I think he thought a lot of people thought that Florida and LSU and the, the conference going to work it out, and I think people were caught a little bit with their pants down that 
it didn't get worked out. Insert your own Damon Evans joke here. And um, so then it looked like somehow they were expecting Georgia to bail out Florida and LSU in the in the conference. That's when McGarrity was like, hold on, that's not on we're not we're not moving our game. That's not on the table. Which is absolutely the right thing for him to say. Yeah. Um so, you know, I I, I don't well, it's going to be really interesting, and the pressure is really going to be turned up when Tennessee loses to Alabama uh-huh, this weekend, uh-huh. because then that sets in motion the effects to where if they don't play this game, then all Florida needs to do is just continue through the rest of their season undefeated, yeah. Yeah. which they could do, and then Tennessee and Florida are going to be put head to head, and the way the tiebreaker goes is it's per, it's, it's winning, winning percentage, percentage yeah, head to head. So, and that's an old throwback from when. The conference used not to – you only had to play six games. Uh, we did our own scheduling, which is why we played Mississippi forever. I mean, they were just a natural we, – we played them every year. That's what we did. That's why we didn't play Tennessee every year because uh, we didn't – we'd schedule them every once in a while. So we would play six, seven, eight games um, as it would see fit, as conferences would see fit. Because I, I first discovered that doing some research on Vince Dooley's first few years we are playing 10 games. And I was like, huh, we, we didn't – we only played six SEC games some years, and then some years we played eight. It was just weird. So, but they made it so best winning percentage. But you had to play a certain number of games, and that's where we are with um, that's where we are with with Florida LSU because now they're basically stuck with either look in LSU. They both have both both kind of have a moral high ground. I I think there are people out there who want to say Florida they could have blah blah blah. I think hindsight's easily be twenty twenty, but that hurricane looked like it was going to be a lot more devastating than on Florida than it was. First off, second off, anybody that thinks LSU should buy out their last home game of the season has a fundamental misunderstanding economics. of not just economics, but I mean, that's just really, it's really crazy that they would expect LSU to buy out their last game to go on the road to play a, divi- a, a, a conference game as opposed to getting a patty cake game at home. And let's, let's put aside the economics of it and what, what value there is to Baton Rouge in doing so. Um, it's just crazy to think they would do that to their alums. They would do that to the people that have plans, to all, the, to all that. It's crazy. Well, that that's like that. me asking you to come over and right. fill my car up for a week and then come and you know pay my mortgage for me and then yeah. neglect your children yeah. while you take care of mine right. so I can go out. Yeah, hey, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, weather got bad, but you, do you mind coming and uh, you mind coming and, and bringing some food over here for us? Right. Thank you. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah you, no. could, you could relate it to like a, a tailgate crasher or something. Yeah, tell, the worst kind of tailgate crasher. Show up with. Have you ever had one of those? Oh uh, yeah, we've had people. We and we 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 welcome tailgate crashers. Uh, the only the only thing we say about tailgate crashers is that if you 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 crash your tailgate, either you need to you need to tip a little bit. Um, and if you think showing up with cheap bourbon in exchange for maker's mark is the is the thing to do we do have people who will talk with you about that in very direct words so um the uh we we we, we have addressed that on more than one occasion <laughs> um but we welcome all comers it's fine it, we just hey there's a red there's a red bucket out there um herschel walker drinks free that's our first rule our second rule is you're not herschel walker has he ever stopped by never stopped by we've had some we've had a couple of uh how profile folks. Who's been the most by. famous person stopped by your tailgate? Um, or most revered in Georgia lore? Well, let's see. There's, it's, well, the most famous person is probably uh, Will Re- Willich. Uh, the most, ma- most famous person is probably um, I don't know uh, J. E. Skeets from the Starters on NBA TV. Okay. Um, 
you know, we've had, uh, I would actually, uh, David Hershey, who's, uh, Will's, um, publisher stopped by a couple of times. Um, I want to say Holly Anderson's come by of, with, of formerly of Grantland. Um, but you know, over time we've had, I mean, we've had a number of football players come by, um, and we've had uh, one of the Baileys tailgate with us off and on regularly. Mm-hmm. We tailgated for a while with with Rameek Wilson's mom and family, okay. uh, and and then he would come by after and we did post game gates. Um, so you know we've we've had some we've had some folks come in. So what's the tailgate look like this weekend for an SEC noon kickoff? Well, this weekend because it's homecoming, uh, we're actually not doing a tailgate for because of a confluence of events. I have to work. Right. Um, uh, we have. A, a fairly large number of alumni are going to be on campus, and I'll, so I'll be I'll be taking care of our, our alumni. And then my tailgate husband Wayne is going to be uh, his father had surgery. It's happened surgery this week, uh, so he is uh, normally Wayne as father uh, would would tailgate and, and and take care of our folks. But with his father and I probably not coming to the game, definitely not coming to the game. Wayne's probably going to just come to the game. So there's, the there's no reason to stop by that plot of land right now. I don't. I don't think you're welcome to stop by. But uh, it's it, Wayne. I, I won't be there. Wayne won't be there. So you know the fun won't be there. Okay. Um, and and Will won't be there. Will is out of town this week. Or, really? Uh, yeah, they they've got a family thing. I'm not exactly sure what's going ah. on. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's a very long way to say that. Um, that's a very long way to say that. You know, on top of noon kickoffs, I'm actually glad it was a noon kickoff because it uh, it, it makes my life a little well, less think complicated. Of, think if it was one of those 7:30 SEC network games. Well, last year where- homecoming was. It was a seven thirty kickoff. So uh, yeah, it was late kickoff. Um, so you know we did we did the tailgate all day, and and I still went and did some some alumni stuff. And it's just it makes for a long day. What I'm hoping is is that we get a couple of these new games out of the way. And if you're listening, I need you to start winning because we we have it looks like we're gonna have a huge crowd for Georgia Tech. Uh, people coming from uh, Michigan and uh, Illinois and uh, Florida, and so what about for Auburn? I we could have some folks coming for Auburn too. It, it just depends right now what that looks like. And then word around the campfire is that Louisiana Lafayette's going to be a blackout. Oh yeah, cool. All right. Hopefully that was, that'll be a night game. I was, I was, that would be that awesome. Was what night was game. released preseason. Yeah, that's a night game. That's yeah. that's pretty cool. So, uh, what are y'all doing this week? I'm going to go to the game. I, you know, I missed the Tennessee game. And I was down at the beach. Um, I need to show you that video I have. I think I've gotten over my uh, sadness uh, where I can show you. <laughs> Our, our reaction video and then and then cut it from there. But uh, I'm going to take my kids. I asked my daughter if she wants to go, and she yelled at me no very huh. loudly. And so then I asked my wife if she was going to go, and she kind of was like, who are we playing? And I said Vanderbilt, and she kind of gave the eh. And so uh, I'm probably going to take my boys and then one of their friends. Well, we – um. You know, my, my whole, all five of all five of us are going. So oh, uh, cool. Yeah, it's a yeah, you know, it's a good, it's a great game for it's yeah. Vanderbilt. Um, you know, the one thing I would say is that the problem with noon kickoffs is the, getting the team into it. And I think last week it I was. I don't think we we shouldn't have any problem with that after what's happened. I would hope so. I would hope so. But I, I know. I know. We I know. would. Uh, you know, I think last week the crowd will brought up the crowd a couple of times. And what, I talked, in Columbia. Yeah, I talked to a couple of people well, who it was, it was extreme circumstances. Right, and, but he said there were only seventy five thousand people. Or it's only seventy five percent full. Okay, that stadium was not full. Um, so you could tell it kind of affected South the way South Carolina came out. That 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 rooster crowing thing, even on TV. Oh God, it's just abysmal. So terrible. Um, it's I, I will tell about you now. As bad as third down for what the Tennessee did for yeah. a couple years. Finally, they got rid of that. Yeah, I will tell you now. Anybody that's listening involved with South Carolina athletics, please stop that. It's it's not funny. It's, it's not, not fresh. It's, it's unbecoming. It's unbecoming. Yeah. There is a there's a school. I'm gonna say Effingham County or South Effingham. No, South Effingham is a Mustang. So it must be Effingham County. It's like. 
they're the Gamecocks, and they do the same thing. Uh, and we played there. Pierce County, where I'm from, played there a number of years ago, and it just felt like every five minutes, it was like, you know, kid, kid runs and gets the tee off the field, and they, you know, rawr, 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 and just, oh, okay, we get it. You're the Gamecocks. Right. Cool. Cool story. Uh, awesome. Awesome. You're, 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 you're glorifying an illegal sport. Way to go. <laughs> and right. um, so, uh, you know, well, that's enough about South Carolina. We talked way more about yeah. South Carolina than South Carolina pods do. So we don't really need to jump into any more Vanderbilt. I mean, you got some quick X's and O's, you know, offense, defense, special teams. What should we look for? It, it's funny. If there's a team in the SEC that's doing worse on special teams than Georgia is, it's, it's Vanderbilt. They're they're not particularly competent at anything. We can say that we've, we've pinned some people inside the 20. I would like to see Rodrigo. Uh, what's his name? Some, he wears Blankenship. goggles. Okay, I, I blanked on his he name. He wears goggles. He wears goggles. Uh, I'd like you're to doing s- flag football. I'm like, all right, you got glasses, and I don't know what to call people because I don't know their names on the other teams. Like, you got glasses. <laughs> That's right. And this week we played a team with two kids with glasses. I'm like, which glasses? I'm like, the glasses close to you. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to see Rodrigo get a chance. I thought he was going to get a chance last week, but with it being windy, <sighs> and then we ended up punting from like the th- our, from their 30 yard line, which was weird. We took that penalty. But I'm not like we said. We moved on from South Carolina. But I would like to see him get some kicks because you know, come Auburn or especially down in Florida. I mean, how many times? I don't want to get into bad stuff, but I mean, how many times have we missed a kick down against the Gators and then bad things happen? But uh, he needs all to the get, times. He needs to get some reps, definitely for kicking. Maybe maybe a nice twenty six yarder. Uh, or something like that to get kind of the, the grease the skids a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, looking at just looking at Vanderbilt though. I mean, they their kicking game is okay. I mean, they're they're seven of nine, but their punting game and kick coverage teams have been atrocious. Um, Are you making any predictions? Like maybe a joystick sighting? Uh, joystick sighting would be awesome. That would help. And that's one thing I think we have missed during the past during since since Carolina. That's been a difference maker. This game's twenty eight fourteen before Godwin returns the onside kick. I think the, the kind of the narrative of this game is different than it is. I mean, look, it's a good win. Okay, let's not let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not paint it differently than it is. It's a good win uh, against a conference opponent in a game that always is crazy. Yeah, uh, we lost three in a row in Columbia. Look, twenty four twenty five. Grayson Lambert, twenty four twenty five. Sorry, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, that's the South Carolina game. That's yeah. what you get out of South Carolina. Yeah. So you know, looking at what Vanderbilt brings, so you know they're. I mean, they're going to start Kyle Shermer, who is completing 52% of his passes. Ralph Webb is at 682 yards. He's averaging five yards a run. But they, He's decent, but that's really all they got. That's what they have. That's exactly where I was going. You know, they only have four guys with double-digit receptions. Um, they have no one. Well, that one person over 200 yards on the season on receiving. I wonder if we do. Uh, oh, yeah. We, all kinds we got of, McKenzie. We're all kinds of receiving yards. So oh, let's take a quick look there. I was like, I, I might be wrong. But it's just McKenzie. Uh, no, McKenzie's got 400 yards. Um, okay, I'm saying besides yeah. him. Yeah, McKenzie's got 400 yards. And uh, <laughs> so I think the thing about the, the, based on what I remember about Vanderbilt, the key to stopping them is put them in situations where they are forced to rely on Schumer, which means tough run game. None of the quick passes over the middle, we, and we have to play disciplined uh, in our zones. Um, well, then maybe since since Webb seems to be their only weapon, maybe you take somebody like uh, DeAndre Walker and just spy Ralph Webb. Let him just follow him wherever he goes, kind of like what you tell your flag football guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I, look, I, I have to assume Mel Tucker and Kirby Smart are talking about ways to, to neutralize Webb and, and put Shermer in situations where he has to make decisions. Um, one of the things I think, and you hit on a point that, that I've been thinking about, 
I would be very surprised if we don't see more more blitzing out, blitz packages out of the cornerbacks and safeties. We haven't seen a lot of that. Seen just a couple times. Um, yeah. Just a couple times. Um, you know, Carter is getting double teamed a lot, and that's fine. Right? And that's he he should be. If you're not double teaming him, you're committing coaching malpractice in my mind. But that also means if there's two people blocking Lorenzo Carter, you still have a free guy somewhere. So you, I, I, it seems to me this might be a game where, where we can do it, especially if we can put them in, in third and long situations. I mean, we had a couple sacks in the South Carolina game where we did blitz people and bring different looks. Did, which did Parrish have a sack? Yeah, Parrish. I was just about to say Parrish had a sack. Uh, and we had a situation in, in that game where it was a difference maker. I mean, we they, you know, they were in a situation where they could have maybe poked a long field goal and we, 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 we dropped them back some, uh, probably 15 yards on the sack. So this is the type of game where – we're going to be able to show that we're a better coach team, but it's Vanderbilt, and this this game always feels like it's just like a crappy slog where we're just like, oh, I can't believe we're doing this again against them. You and I talked about the '95 game, '94, '94 game where you were a freshman, and I was yeah. I was fresh out of law school, and this is the first game I came back for uh, after I graduated law school, my first homecoming, and I'm all excited to have my fraternity tie on and everything, and yeah, <sighs> yeah. And I drove eleven and a half hours for that game, and it was just. I mean, I was like, it's you the know, epitome I, of a Ray Goff coached. Football yeah, team. no, I, I was like, we, we, yeah, we just lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah, what? Yeah, and then I also remember um, losing them in 06. I was on a golf course in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, when I just started my new job up there. And, a Stafford's uh, uh, rookie year. Yep, yep. We, we make the turn. I'm like, all right, I want, I want to go watch the rest of this game. And uh, and like on the turn, it was like we walk in with like just in time to see the field goal to, to kill us. So that's that's what you get out of Vanderbilt. I mean, you got the and a lot of times it's combined with that noon start because Vanderbilt is not a draw, and unless you're undefeated or with one loss and have just come off some amazing win, it's not going to be a, a later game, or it typically hasn't for Georgia. So that's what you worry about. You worry about the sleepy conditions and the lack of motivation. However, I just don't see that lack of motivation or the sleepwalking that we had against Nickel State because of all the scares we've had already. This year, with uh, not being seemingly ready for Ole Miss and getting boat raced in the first quarter. Hey, man, I hope you're right because I'm re- I'm ready for us to actually come out and handle an opponent. Yeah, I'm ready. So, all right, so we're going to talk about some. Uh, we'll do our selection of Georgia Vanderbilt after we spend about an hour on picks. Yeah, we're going to do picks. We did get a couple of uh, comments on Twitter and social media saying like, "Hey, keep the link. The link is fine." Hey, you know, in my opinion. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I am not afraid to use that 15-second fast-forward button where I no. just kind of hit that a couple, two or three times and get to where I need to get. I always bypass any uh, uh, commercials or yeah. uh, any uh, kind of any ads. Yeah, yeah. so we, yeah, with this, it's interesting. We're talking about um, – uh, we're talking about solid verbal and a, a fantastic – if you are if you don't listen to solid verbal, it's a fantastic national sports um, – sports, uh, uh, football sports podcast. But they um, – they basically have a toll-free line where people can call in. They spend about five minutes just doing like listener calls. Okay. I, I spend I, I count it every time. It's it's usually anywhere from ten to twelve fast forwards, thirty second fast forwards. Right. So yeah, don't be afraid to do it, guys. Although you're missing some inte- great intelligence and sage guessing. Oh, and by the way, we I here's the point where I will insert Will's um, Illinois minute if he does deliver it. If not, then. You're just going to hear Tony and, and myself continue to talk, but Will is out of town, and uh, I really loved his last one that he sent in a couple weeks ago, where he was at the St. Louis Cardinals game, yeah, kind of aggravated and uh, gave his prediction that that Georgia would beat uh, Tennessee. But anyway, here's Will. Hey, this is Leach with his minute. Uh, how's it going? I'm in a cab. 
in New York City. A cab in New York City is arguably as far away from college football as you can possibly find, but nevertheless, I'm here. Sorry I'm missing you guys this week. I think Georgia is due for a full-on blowout game. We haven't had one this week. Week, week reeks of one. 38-14 dogs. Also, Illinois plays Rutgers this week for the title of the worst team in the Big Ten. Get excited. Okay, thanks. That guy, he's so awesome. He is so funny. All right, so we are going to get into the picks now. I don't have this in any particular order, but we will start with the Friday game. This is weird. It's it's already getting weird. Dan Mullen just loves to take his team to far-reaching places. Mississippi State making its second long away non-conference trip of the year. I don't. Maybe that's why. Uh, what is it? Is it? Uh, who was their AD? Just Scott left. Strickland. Yeah, maybe actually, that's why he left. Actually, I think it's part of his strategy. It's like they can't fire me if I'm not in town. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because the Mississippi State AD just left to be the AD at Florida. Yeah, to replace yeah. Jeremy Philly. But anyway, what I'm getting to is two and three Mississippi State faces three and three Brigham Young, and Brigham Young is about a touchdown favorite, and they had a big win. At Michigan State last week, so you got to wonder if they're going to still have their mojo. I think they're going to have plenty of mojo. Um, this is a terrible matchup for Mississippi State. Uh, there's just there's nothing about what Brigham Young does that Mississippi State matches up. Taysom well Hill's with. in the eighth season, I think. Yeah, I, he is a uh, 19th year senior. He's he was uh, this little known fact. He actually played with Todd Detmer, and um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to pick Brigham Young. All right, next game on the docket, uh, Nebraska, undefeated Nebraska. Another surprising, like last last week when I when we were doing the picks and I said, Miami, oh, wow, they're undefeated and they're ranked 10th. And this is kind of how I feel about Nebraska. They're undefeated, 5-0, and and they're ranked 10th. At the beginning of the season, I said, watch out for Nebraska. Yes, you did. So they're going to uh, Indiana. Well, that, that could be a, a, a buzzsaw right there. So this is the time you stop watching out for Nebraska. I think Indiana wins this game. Really? Yeah. And uh, Indiana played Ohio State really. I was I was in Illinois and in Indianapolis. Nebraska is only favored by five. Yeah. No, it's on the road. It's on the road. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you look at Nebraska's wins, uh, probably their their best win is uh, at this point what uh, Wyoming, Fresno State. I mean, Oregon is a, a it's a crap show, man. Yeah, they haven't played anybody. Uh, they they beat some team called Illinois. Yeah. You know, Indiana right now, they they lost a tough game last week to Ohio State. They stayed with them early. They beat Michigan State, which is looking a little dicey. Um, so I'm picking I'm picking Indiana. I'm gonna go with Nebraska. All right, Georgia Southern at Georgia Tech. I don't know why I start chuckling. Uh maybe it's like it's like the two little brothers are fighting and you know, they're gonna have a pillow fight down there. And it's I remember watching uh, What's got me about pillow fights? Huh? Oh. Um, I remember watching a couple years ago, and that was the hey uh, the Twitter game. Like, hey, check your Twitter timeline. And, oh my God, Georgia Southern's about to beat Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech somehow pulled it out. Yeah, um, that was. I don't think they're going to be as fortunate this this uh, year because Southern lost a close one last Wednesday. I mean, who plays on Wednesday? Oh, Georgia Southern plays on Wednesday, they t- but they get ten days. They, they do, they do, and Georgia Tech looked equally as uh, pathetic last week as well. Did Take you watch? Did you watch them last week? I did not. I did not get the joy. They got beat by Pitt on a last-second field goal, but they pretty much blew it, and that is not uh, a coincidence. And I said blew it because the field goal kicker for Pittsburgh's name blew it. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Eagles, the G A T A Eagles. Yeah, G A T A Eagles. Yeah. yeah. So all right, they'll, I'm probably, picking, they'll probably make a T-shirt out of this. Game. I'm picking Tech. Yeah. All right. Uh, one in four Illinois. 
visits Rutgers. I think Michigan just scored again on Rutgers. <laughs> you know what Rutgers did not do just now? Get a first down. Oh, I'm no, I'm picking Illinois. Rutgers. Ugh. Ugh. They 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 might have to do what uh, the Atlantic Ten or the Big East did to Temple a couple years ago and ask them to please leave. The Big Ten might have no, to ask Rutgers. Rutgers is Rutgers is Big Ten. I know. It, no, that's New York's one true team. Oh, okay. Is that is that the strategy? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Illinois, North Carolina State. I think they're just now drying their jerseys. Oh my God, that game. that game! I saw parts of that. It was game. so ugly. It was terrible, man. I mean, it, it set football back probably a good. Oh no, I love games like that. I love watching the games no, like that. No, the offensive football. Yeah, but there's no, but there's a reason why when you used to play Madden, you play Madden, you get to set the you can set the weather to be anything. Maybe maybe it's just Brian Kelly. Something about him. No, what Brian Kelly is not something to behold. <laughs> um, uh, North Carolina State goes to Clemson. Clemson's gonna score all the points on them. <laughs> this game has all the makings of a boat race, yeah. man. Clemson's gonna make them look bad. And in the process making Notre Dame look worse. Uh, yeah, North Carolina State's got the Notre Dame all over them. Tony tried to like stick up for North Carolina State in that whole game. That game was terrible to watch. It wasn't even good for a rain game. It was so glorious. I'm gonna it, I love the rain part, but I've seen teams play a whole lot better in rain. Uh, I, I think Georgia Alabama played better combined and Clemson Notre Dude, Dame last year in the rain. Clemson Notre Dame was close to the kind of rain they were dealing with. Georgia Alabama was not. Okay, whatever. Uh, Clemson's going to win that game. Uh, UNC, a disappointing loss last week, goes to Miami, even more disappointing loss last week. Speaking of rain game, Virginia Tech rolled over them 38-3 or something in the same rain that NC State and Notre Dame played in. Yeah, yeah I got to pick Miami, man. I just I can't I can't see it another way. I don't know. I think that that I mean it's coach Rick and it seemed like I mean Mark I'm I'm not hating on you but it seemed like a way that you lost games at Georgia the missed <laughs> extra point. I don't know. I don't I don't see. I got to be real. I don't see him rallying his troops this week. You don't I, think so? I, I think it's going to be very similar. It's like we've seen this movie before. And I'm I'm putting I'm putting him in the position of where you're you're finally ranked high. You could kind of what did he used to say? Like we're gonna blow the lid off. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a chance last week to blow the lid off very early to his team and be probably ranked eighth or ninth in the country this this week. And uh, and he didn't. And yeah, it was a it was a miss, missed extra point. But I mean, they were handled quite easily by Florida State. They just were lucky to be in that game. So you say Mark Rick lost control of kickers in the Miami FSU series? Hey, you name it. I do like what they've done to their stadium. I was like, did they just build a stadium? No, they just renovated Joe Robbie or pro player, and it looks fantastic. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's called Hard Rock Stadium now. But isn't that um, where the Dolphins play? Yeah, it okay. looks, it looks right. awesome. Yeah. It looks awesome. Um, North Carolina's going to win. I pick I pick Miami. Okay, you do that. All right. Um, <laughs> I love how you're dismissive. You're yeah, just, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, the you're, four, you're precious. Yeah, just the, precious. The 4 o'clock SEC Network game, Missouri, 2-3 and three Missouri in, in Barry Odom. Go to uh, Jim McElwain's hair, and um, and the Florida Gators. Uh, you just you, you have to pick Florida in this game because because but because they've been off for two weeks. It would week. be spectacular if Missouri pretty much puts the end to all this by beating Florida. Yeah, and then they really want to play the game because it won't matter. Well, I mean, they, I mean, Tennessee is playing Alabama this week, That's which true. we're gonna get to. That's true, but. I think it would be really interesting if if Missouri beats Florida and renders a lot of this conversation from takes a lot of this conversation from oh my god, well Florida wins well, it's that. A very fluid, it's a very fluid conversation. It goes back and forth each week until they decide to play the game. 
Yeah, I think that's right. Depending on wins and yeah, losses. Wins and losses. But I still think Florida wins. Yeah, okay. I'm going to I'm going to pick Florida as well. Uh Ole Miss uh, they're 3 and 2. Yeah. And they're ranked 12th in the nation. I I mean I get it. I get it. But they're 3 and 2. I mean there's there's like undefeated teams ranked maybe 23rd. We have to look at the the, the I know they played. They I know they played. Um so Okay, Mississippi, number 12 Mississippi at 3-2 and two goes to number 22 Arkansas at 4-2. and two. I mean, look who Arkansas has lost to. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't matter. I just think it's that, that shows, shows you that polls, are, that polls are silly. Well, I'm not unwilling to be provocative here, and I will say that Brett Bielema will be, Bielema will be loading up the jet and heading to Vegas Saturday night. Really? Take the Hawks. Like, like, like last year. Take the Hogs. Okay, well then I'm going to do that. I'm going to take the Hogs because they're at home. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and you saw from your mouth to God's ears, it ends the way it did last year with like a pass and two double, you know, two double to, to, to save them to overtime or whatever happened. Right. Just you should you should Google that because it's a glorious moment. Right. The Brett Favre's of Southern Mississippi go into <clears throat> LSU. Um, they've had a they've had a rough year. LSU. They just uh, they lost less. <laughs> And then they they just lost. Look, Ed Ordron's really good. I mean, he didn't the, lose but, to Florida his first his first yeah. But they right? lost less a couple of years a couple of years. They lost less it was a, a couple while. weeks ago. It's been a long time. It feels like years ago. And then they lost Mike the Tiger. Yeah. Uh, and in the Mike the Tiger thing's been coming. We've known he was sick. So uh, you have a you have a stony heart if you can't feel a little uh, little remorse than that. So unless you're an Ole Miss fan, and then I get it. Um, or a Southern Miss fan. Yeah, LSU by a bunch. You think LSU would cover the twenty four and a half? Yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah, Ed Ed O is going to make a case to try to keep that. He's going to make it really hard. He's going to make people uncomfortable like he did at at USC. Yeah, when they're like, and And maybe USC should have hired him because Clay Helton hadn't done very well. Yeah, well, yeah, but you know, Ed Orgeron didn't coach for for Pete Carroll. (laughs) Man, I got all these screwed up. I've got like Big Ten interspersed with SEC games. Anyway, uh, Ohio State at Wisconsin, Uh, number two versus number eight. I assume this is game day. I would think so, although I hadn't seen. Um, I mean, not that it matters. Man, I when I put this game on there, I really struggle with wanting to pick Wisconsin. I just don't think Wisconsin quite has the the horsepower to stay with them no, offensively. No but they have a defense that can slow them down. So, but I still I still take Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State has scored minimum of thirty eight points in every game, yeah. including 77 against Bowling Green to open up the, the season. They've got way too much firepower. I think uh, JT Barrett might be a Heisman uh, top two right now. Yeah. Um, he's, he's playing very well, and uh, and their defense at Ohio State is very opportunistic. And Wisconsin, with the showing that they had against Georgia State a couple weeks ago, shows that they can be had. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Ohio State's defense put you know 14 on the board. Or actually twelve because the kicker would be kicking the extra points. You get <laughs> you get what I'm saying. I'm gonna go with Ohio State. The Vern Lundquist special, Alabama at Tennessee. Is this the third Saturday in October? It is the third Saturday in October. Is that Wait. what it's always been, or is it the fourth Saturday in October? It's always been third Saturday. Okay, no, but they changed a couple. Of is years. it been? Is it really the third Saturday? Hold on, wait. No, it's the second Saturday in October. The second Saturday. No. It's gotta no, be. No, it's the third because October. It's the fifteenth. You're right. You're right. First was Saturday. Glad we got through that. Did we? Third, third Saturday. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's our game? What is the fifteenth? Yeah, that's third Saturday. Yeah. Oh yeah, first, first, eighth, and fifteenth. Yeah, I'll be damned. There you go. So now that we've had our calendar discussion, um, Alabama's favored by twelve and a half 
And Lance Kiffin gets to go up to uh, Lance Kiffin, <laughs> which is game. also his Joey. Is this is this Joey, that's Joey Freshwater's alternative <laughs> name? Um, look, I mean, I think all of us expect this game to be like every other Tennessee game. They're going to be down by twenty four and come back. And here's the problem with that: is that you can't go down twenty four from Alabama and just to expect them to give you gifts. You to can't get even go up twenty four against Alabama. So I'm picking <laughs> Alabama, but that is a that is a must-watch game. I'm not 100% sold on Tennessee, uh, even though, and I'm picking Alabama. But, man, I mean, this is – other than other than last week throwing interception, which was just terrible, terrible throw. It's just the worst decision Dobbs has made all season, I think. They really do have that Auburn 2014 feel, right? They, is it 14, 14, 14, 14, 13, whatever year it was. Yeah, well, yeah, when they, the the kick six and yeah, the or, or, or FSU the year they they actually oh did gosh. it. All. I mean, it was just they just where everything breaks their way, and and Tennessee has that feel. How would you have felt about the Tennessee team if they had pulled out that win? I mean, because they were down two touchdowns with like a minute and a half to go. Well, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's 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 interesting you ask that question. Um, so I had a conversation with somebody this week. It's like, imagine for a minute Georgia knocks down the pass. Tennessee loses two games like that. Yeah. And but Georgia's won the game they won. Uh-huh. What do you think about Georgia versus Tennessee? They have the horseshoe. Right. Really. Well, but but my point is is that we look at Georgia and stats say we're a middle of the road team, and I'm not going to argue with that right now. We're a middle of the road SEC team. I'm not going to argue with that. But this is how quickly narratives turn. We knock the pass down. He doesn't catch the ball. We kick off deep and we he doesn't complete the ball to the end zone, whichever it is. Um They've lost two games in a row, and suddenly it's like, oh, we're back to Tennessee. That's right. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and Georgia, oh, look, Georgia's a team now that's doing it versus, oh, well, Georgia, you know, look, they're they're three and two, and really, what are we going to do? And I, that's why I want to be very careful about engaging in narratives, <laughs> except to say that Tennessee's going to be down by 24 points at some point, and look like they're coming back because yeah. that's what they do. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but I, I do think Alabama wins uh, easily, actually. Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, I can't argue with that. But until they prove me, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a that's gonna be a must watch game. Oh, absolutely. So we're gonna. Does that mean we're leaving the game early to go watch it? No, it's a three three kickoff. I know. But are we leaving the Georgia game early? No, I, I'll TV. catch. I'll watch. I'll I mean, I'll DVR the, it and sell my porch and watch the whole game. Although and SEC catch up. SEC games on CBS, the first quarter usually lasts an hour. Oh no, no the the I mean Tennessee's just getting home from the Tennessee uh, and M game, right? That game really was a legit five-hour game. It was. It was five hours. Yeah. And I, I tweeted out something, how annoyed I was. They were taking commercial breaks, and it was like four hours and 15 minutes into it. I was like, so CBS just cut it. You they, know? Yeah, they, they need to learn to All right, so, wrap it up. So the, the SEC Network noon kickoff special is 2-4 and four Vanderbilt visiting our 4-2 and two Georgia Bulldogs. So I've lived in a world where Vanderbilt's beaten Georgia. I've been to – two of those games in my lifetime. I can't live in a world where Vanderbilt has looked the way they've looked this season and also beats Georgia. I, I just, you know, normally you've seen me pick Georgia low on confidence points. But I'm, I'm picking them pretty high this week. And I picked them high last week, but this is a game where I think Georgia comes out and starts their, their will early with a run game. Uh, Vanderbilt starts stacking the box and, and Cheney takes the, the reins off of e, uh, of Easton a little bit, and look, he couldn't have a worse game throwing the ball deep. He overthrew a wide open uh, a wide open receiver, or no, he underthrew a wide open receiver early. 
we talked about a possible pass interference. McKenzie got eh, really close to mugged on a play. It was a good play. It was a good play. But it was what you should do in the end zone. You take your chances on getting the, uh, the pass interference. But it was the well-delivered ball. But there were a couple times where, where Easton had open receivers and just flat-out missed him. And I have a feeling they looked at that film this week and have those plays queued up to run. Uh, this feels like a pretty easy cover on 14.5 points to me. And, you know, I hope karma doesn't prove me wrong. I'll still take a one-point win, but it feels like a pretty easy cover at 14 points. Yeah, this is not your James Franklin Vanderbilt coach team. This isn't even your Woody Weidenheifer, Woodenheifer, Woodpecker yeah. uh, yeah. coach team because he was the coach, I think, back in the mid He was. He was. I don't know if Bobby X. Furman coach ever got him, but uh, – Johnson. Bobby Johnson, yeah. But so, so what I'm saying is – I don't think there's anything to worry about. Well, Van- Vanderbilt has orange is kicking tees any team we've seen this season. Well, I'm, I'm not a Vince Dooley type. I'm not I'm not a Larry Munson like, oh, dear, the sky's falling. I'm always like, I've got like a couple sips in my glass. I'm like, wow, that looks kind of like it's half full. But I, I don't think George is going to have any problem whatsoever getting up with this game. Uh, the fans, sure. I mean, it's it's homecoming. There's a bunch of extra people there on the sidelines and, and ex-cheerleaders and and a whole bunch of pomp and circumstance, and you can't really get up for it. But it's going to be a beautiful day. It's a perfect day to take the family. I think it's just going to be an easy, nice, fun afternoon at the old Sanford Stadium for an easy Georgia victory. I like the way it sounds. So um, do you have you have three questions? Because I have a question for you today. I have two. You have two questions. I okay. I have two questions. All right, let me ask you my question okay. first, because I, I kind of – this is someone All right, so uh, now that we've ended our picks, this is normally last year where our podcast would have ended – but this has been kind of an added extra bonus where we do three questions. And they might pertain to Georgia. They might pertain to football. They might just pertain to what's going on in the world right now. I don't think we're going to talk much politics. It tends to be a, a no-no. Because uh, politics suck. As, especially as we get closer and closer to the election. But yeah, Tony's got some questions, and I've got some questions for Tony. So here we go. So what is your favorite homecoming memory? My favorite homecoming memory would be back when I was uh, probably, I don't know, sophomore, junior for Sigma Chi. I was a Sigma Chi at the University of Georgia, and I was uh, the social chair. That makes a lot of sense, actually. social chair for that shocks me. Sigma Chi. Shocking. And so by being social chair, they were like, hey, Scott, uh, we're supposed to make a float or something. And it, it really was like that. Yeah. We're supposed to make a float And or this was something. Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. And, right. and the, 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 um, or probably a chapter on Monday, but the yeah. The parade was on, I think, Friday, but yeah. we had to have our float in by Thursday. By Thursday. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll take care of it. So I kind of walk over to the SGA building. The main reason I wanted to do it is because, uh, you know, we had to collaborate with the sorority. Yeah. Which sorority were you with? What sorority? Yeah. Did y'all collaborate with I that year? We, I think it was like AKO or yeah. something like that. But that, that really wasn't the point. It was just, it was just the fact that by being social chair, didn't know that we were going to have a, a a float, and neither did all of our brothers except like our, our president got a call. And we ended up, I, I think we used like tissue paper. Um, we got some chicken wire from one of our buddies in, on his farm, and we grabbed some guy's truck and, and made some construct that looked like a, a bulldog. I think it might have been Kentucky that year or something we were playing for for homecoming, but it really didn't make anything out. By about the time we got halfway down Clayton Street for the parade, <laughs> it's all, apart. <laughs> of, all of the tissue paper was falling apart, and our hands were sticky from the glue, uh, like paper mache type uh, sealant that we had tried to, to seal it with. We, we just threw it together, and guess what? We didn't care. Yeah. We didn't care one bit. Yeah. But we had one heck of a band party 
that night. We probably had like Kinchfinny Cowboys or, or something like and that. And that's Maybe, when y'all were still on Baxter, right? Uh, we were on Millage. I mean Millage. We were on Millage. Uh, it could have been Doug Clark and the Hot Nuts. It oh, been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, oh, a wow. number of those. Maybe the Mel men Mel, from North Carolina. Mel and the Party Hats probably played that night. Oh, God. But, um, but yeah. That's I mean, strong work, man. But the reason why I remember that we had a band party is because we parked the carcass of that chicken wire, uh, whatever thing we made uh, in the front yard, right, right in the front yard. Yeah. That's so, what you do. Yeah. So that, that was uh, one of my best homecoming memories. What about yourself? Do you have one? Yeah. So, you know, the, the interesting thing about homecoming, I've always had a special affinity for homecoming cause I'm a, I'm nostalgic by nature. So when I came back to work at the university in 2000, I remember coming on campus homecoming morning and seeing people there with their kids and, um, and you were a student? No, this is when I came back to work for the university oh, in 2000 okay. um, after having been in D.C. for seven or seven years. So, so it got you all in the fields. It got me in the fields. It really did. I remember walking across campus and seeing people there with their kids. I was actually going to the same tailgate I'm going to for this week for, for, for our alumni there at the School of Law where I work. And it was, uh, it was incredible. It's just the, the incredible feeling of togetherness and being a part of something bigger than myself. And you know, we, we talk about Bulldog Nation. We talk about this, how special it is. But there's something uniquely special to me about homecoming because it's the one time a year where people come back and and want to be a part of of all the stuff that we are fortunate to be a part of by living in Athens or working at the University of Georgia. And and it, I will feel the same way Saturday morning when I walk on the campus to go to the tailgate um, there at Hurdy Field. And the reason is is – I, it's something big. I mean, I, I, I get to live in Athens. Are you crying? No, I'm not crying yet. But uh, I am. I'm incredibly nostalgic, and I'm not afraid. I am not afraid to cry. <laughs> there's nothing I, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's, having kids have made it even worse. Oh, no. But uh, it is. It really is something special to get to live in Athens, work at the University of Georgia, and be a part of this community in a way. And uh, it's really cool to get to see people come back and be jealous of me. Because you were out in the wilderness in Illinois for a while. I was. And it was, it was a great experience. I'm not going to say anything uh, bad about it other than it was freezing cold too much at the time. But, uh, you know, it makes you appreciate being in Athens when you see all these people come back and, you know, you see folks walking with their kids, whether they be three-year-old or 18-year-old, or, or and say, hey, this is that's my dorm, and that's mm-hmm. you know this is where I took Spanish, and you know walk by. I guess yeah. I take it for granted because I do that every all the time, day. right? Yeah, I'm, I live seven minutes from yeah. the, from campus. Yeah, and my kids know. My, you know, the funny thing is, my kids think there's a subway in, in Athens, not the place you eat. They think there's an actual subway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, because if there's like a you know like a, an air duct or something, you know, one of these industrial air ducts on campus, yeah. and they're like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's the the subway, the secret subway." subway. And now, even now, I mean, one of my oldest is ten years old, and he yeah. still thinks that there's. Well, a, no, I mean, we walked. Subway. We went to the end. We go past. Um, we go past um, uh, the home, uh, home uh, family consumer sciences building. I'm like, so that's the building. My, now my kids like, so is that the building where you walked in with the clipboard and stopped the class? I'm like, actually, that is the building where I walked right. in with the clipboard and stopped class. That is a good feeling to be able to take your kids back. So definitely go if you're on the fence, and, and some of y'all might be. I mean, we have people that listen. T- in tickets other are going to be plentiful. Come into tickets town. Tickets will be plentiful. Take them to the homecoming game. Bring 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 a couple of twenties and some decent bourbon. That's right, and that'll get you in. Uh, okay, so that was question one, and we'll do those next two questions pretty quickly. Question number two, Tony. For the first time ever, Georgia played on a Sunday. Yes, this past weekend they didn't. We've never played a Sunday ball game or anything. We have never played on a Sunday before. Okay. So now we've played on every day of the week. 
Got it. So, you know, with bowls being involved, the there have been games where we played on like a Wednesday or a Thursday, depending on what bowl. However, unlike South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Auburn, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Tennessee this year, and probably Missouri, UGA has not <laughs> played on a Thursday night. Okay. To my knowledge, no, we haven't, except maybe a Thanksgiving game, but I'm not talking about that. So, Tony, my questions to you are first, and you can answer these after I've uh, asked them. First, why not? Second, will it ever happen? And third, if so, would you or the administration prefer it to be a home game or an away game? Okay, so the first question is, why not? Just because we're better than that. With the possible exception, if we were to go back to play George Tech on Thursdays. Um, that that game just happened on Thursdays, but, um, but that's that's unique. That's, that is unique. It's a it's a it's a I mean a rivalry game. Um, so if we were to play Georgia Tech on Thanksgiving and they were to make it a night game on ESPN, people wouldn't have a problem. With that. I would have no problem with that. Okay. I personally wouldn't have a problem yeah, but, with that. But but, but I live a, in ta- but I live in town, so it's easy for me to get on to a game September on night against Kentucky. no. We should no no. Mississippi State does. Auburn does that. I don't. I don't. I. I'm glad that I mean, for all the complaining I hear from our fans about noon kickoff. Tennessee did it this year. From all the complaint I hear about from fans are from we have stood firm on Thursday night games. So thank your lucky stars because it is that would be abysmal to me. So, so will it ever happen with the pressure of TV and I, I I don't I don't think so I don't think so I mean look we don't we don't have many SEC windows on Thursday nights right we had. We had two this year because of unique situations. The first being South Carolina always plays on Thursday night. (laughs) They opened the season. Uh, And then we had the App State-Tennessee game, which was a – I have to assume Tennessee got – I don't know. Maybe maybe Mike uh, Mike Hamilton when he was still the AD. I mean, I just realized this. Maybe I mentioned it earlier. Mississippi State's playing on a Friday night. Yeah, and that's that's that has everything to do with uh, the BYU. ESPN game. The ESPN game, uh, BYU commit. But that that would so, never happen with Georgia, would it? I mean, I guess it's possible Georgia could play a weird non-conference game on a Friday. Well, night. I mean, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I'm glad we don't do that. I would be fine if it were like a Labor Day Monday. <laughs> Big time matchup kickoff. Yeah, I think or, we played. We played UCLA on Labor Day. It's happened before. About, uh, Thirty years, maybe yeah. in the early eighties, right? So, um, so if the and final question, if they if they did, or final question of this, if we did have to, do it, you think it'd be home I, or away that would be more tolerated? Oh, I think away would be more tolerated. I, I just, I, I mean, trust me, I have no say in these things whatsoever. So you know, if if it works out that way, it works out that way, but. Man, campus would be a madhouse on a Thursday afternoon if that were to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of it has to do with oh, I don't know they they do games in the middle of like South Carolina Stadium's not in the middle of their campus. So uh, Vanderbilt's is, but it's a small campus. So I guess that could have something to do with it. Georgia Tech, Tennessee's campus is Miller is Miller Stadium. So you yeah. know Tech is, but I don't know. That's that's a really weird situation to me. Well, I'm glad we don't do that. Me too. At all. all right, final question. We haven't talked to the NFL on this podcast. There's a reason. We are in a fantasy football league with Will. It's his league that he started like 13, 20 years ago. I assume ago. you're bringing this up because you're like second place. I am in second place. Uh, Will is in dead last. But we're not going to talk about fantasy because nobody cares about your fantasy team or my fantasy team because I don't care about y'all's fantasy team. That's one of the things, like the biggest conversation killer. By the way, that was that was Scott. I care very much about your fantasy team. I, I don't care about your fantasy team because unless I'm playing Tony, 
I don't really care about your fantasy team. So if you, if you have problems, tweet at Jawabi Films. Well, that, that, and, that, and that's fine because, I mean, fan, I haven't even played fantasy football in like 12 years. <laughs> it's been a while. But I am 4-1. and one. And you know who <laughs> else is 4-1? and one? The Falcons. And so the Falcons are set to face the Seahawks in Seattle on Sunday. So what do you make of this team? I mean, they're 4-1. They're and one. They just beat Denver. They're the first team in probably forever to go back-to-back and beat the two Super Bowl teams from last year uh, when they beat the Panthers and then the Broncos uh, this past weekend. So my question to you is, are they set to have a special year, or is this just the same movie we saw last year when they started 5-0 and and finished, I think, 8-8? and Well, I have no idea who the Falcons played. I mean, I'll be honest, I have... I have goal line and I've watched about four minutes of it. So you're not a big Falcon fan. It's not that I'm not a big Falcons fan. It's like I, I treat NFL the same way I treat pro basketball. It's like I, I don't get excited till the end of the season. Can, can you tell I get excited about it? Yes, and that with this awesome. I used I wish to be you the same hit me way. over the head with a hammer before I asked that question. I, so let me let me say this. The the two things I've you noticed know, will that, be able to answer this. Well, the two things I've noticed about the Falcons. First off, their competition has been less rigorous than you know, I know I know we're talking about the two the two Super Bowl teams. Uh Denver's not the same team they were last year. No. Uh, and they, they've Paxton had injuries. Lynch Paxton Lynch is starting Trevor Simeon was out because of an injury. And the only reason I know that's because I had him on my team. It was like I, I dropped him. So you know and then and then the the Panthers are not what the Panthers were no, last year. No, they let uh Josh um Norman go and they have yeah. no secondary. Yeah. So but but having said that they finished eight and eight last year, right? right? So that means they're playing a middle of the road schedule because they have schedule parity. Um, so the Falcons only had to be a little bit better than they were last year to have a really good season, twelve and four. I mean, you're only talking about winning four more games. They had a couple of heartbreaking losses last year, uh, losses, and they they looked bad in some losses, especially uh, in the middle part of that. Um, the the what they finished two and nine or two and whatever it was is bad um so i i think they're definitely making the playoffs first off the the problem i have is i don't know if that's a product of the the division or if they have uh they really are a special team i think it helps that 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 julio and maddie ice are on the same page again that didn't appear to be last year especially the end of the season you have a tight end option that seems to be doing better the running game is picked up and the defensive uh secondary is much better um so that helps and the only reason that's uh, the only reason i know it all these sounds things, like you do follow the only reason i know all these things is because of fantasy football well, so i'm good. gonna loop it back the only reason all these things because of fantasy football because um you know as any good fantasy owner unlike you I, I do go out to the waiver wire once while and see you've yet. made zero. I was about to say you've made zero moves. I know you're the only person in the league, and, and we're playing a league. And, and and Will doesn't talk a lot about his uh, his 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 non sports life. We're playing a league with like some. I, I, most of these people started in the league when when Will worked at the Sporting News, which means that most of these folks at some point worked in sport and like sporting media, and a couple of them still do. So my goal in this league was not to finish last, and and I appreciate Will taking that bullet for me. Um, but you know, I did notice you've made zero moves, and and I will also say you had a spectacular draft after after five weeks. It's easy to look back and see you had a really good draft. So well, thanks. Um, so yeah. that is all to say that the I think the Falcons make the playoffs. Okay. Um, I think I think it's unrealistic to expect them to go better than twelve and four. Um, no, no. I, I think you know they're ten and ten, six, eleven, and five team, which means at this point, you know they they finished the season out at 
you know, between now and the end of the season, somewhere with seven or eight wins over the next 14 games. Um, and when you look at the schedule, you know, they, they, they get to go back through the SEC, uh, the SEC, the uh, NFC South, um, which they're, looks like they're clearly the best team mm-hmm. in the SEC, in the NFC South. Um, you know, they have, um, they got Arizona. They got they have the Arizona, and, and Arizona is the toughest in yeah, in my they, mind. The they toughest play the game. NFC West. They play the NFC West, which the Rams. See what's happening to the 49ers I mean, this I mean week. the um, the the Cardinals right now looks like the best team in that group. Uh, the Seahawks have been pretty good, but I, I think this week's a good test for them. Um, yeah. You know, they're playing in easily the the toughest place to play on the road. So yeah, I think the the biggest difference this year on the Falcons is their center Alex Mack. That was actually the one move that Thomas Dimitrov has made, uh, which might very well save his job, Alex Mack's uh, play from center. And if, if you notice, Julio had about two catches two weeks ago, and then he had his 300-yard game. Right. And then he had like three catches this past week. And so what they're doing is they're able to, to get their, their running backs, uh, Coleman and Freeman, yeah. Yeah. out into the actual pass route. So it doesn't matter if they're double-teaming Julio yeah. because Tevin Coleman has proved that he can be a pass-catching uh, receiver out and of that, the backfield. And that's the thing that's made Matty Ice look much better. Is yes. he, he has a second option to throw the ball to. And, and then Sanu. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so so you have Sanu, you have you have, have Julio. I have Sanu. I never yeah, play him. Yeah, I never play him at all. Yeah, I've been playing Amari, who finally scored a touchdown. <laughs> you should. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I should. But like I said, you don't care about my fantasy league because I don't want you calling me up or tweeting me about your fantasy league because I really don't care. I mean, Jawa- at at Jawabi Films, guys. I'll respond. I might give you some advice, but uh, you know, I, I would I would definitely keep playing Matt Ryan. Ride the hot hand. Cause I drafted yeah, you him. have Matt Ryan too. Well, yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a homer, so I, I picked him. So uh, en- enough of that. I, d- I do think the Falcons are going to make the playoffs. I agree with you. I think 11 and five looks good. I think 12 and four is a definite possibility. Um, those tough games are going to be when uh, the Packers roll into town. I think uh, when they go up to Carolina towards the end of the season, I think something about that that's they're they're going to want some revenge. And Cam is Cam. Um, he's hard, and you know there could be uh, maybe that slip up down in Tampa. Uh, on that Thursday night game when they're going to wear their color rush uniforms, which will be awesome. I'm I'm glad you got to talk about uniforms. That makes me very yeah, happy for yeah. you. I finally got it in. So that'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll let Tony take us out, and then I will wrap it up in the post-game comments. All right. Well, I'm I'm Tony Waller. You can reach me on Twitter at, at Tyler Dogden. Occasionally I post at George Sports Blog. Sitting over there is Scott Duvall. You can reach him at Jawavi Films. Uh, if you want to tweet to the podcast, it's at WSLS Podcast. Um, we're normally joined by Will Leach, who's not with us, but William F. Leach. Um, so, Georgia at Vanderbilt. Show up early. Let's get in the stadium. Let's pack it out. And go dogs. And thanks for listening. Make sure to enter our college football pick'em contest. We have a Friday night game this week, thanks to Mississippi State. So get your selections in early. Tony already took care of our Twitter mentions. We've been asked before whether we have a website. No. Do we have a Facebook page? Not yet. But other than Twitter, we do have an Instagram page, which might sound totally crazy, or maybe it makes total sense. But if that's your thing, you can follow us there. It's the same handle as our Twitter account, at WSLS Podcast. 
So enjoy your homecoming weekend here in Athens. Should be picture perfect for what will hopefully be an easy Georgia victory. Make sure to look out for our next episode on Monday morning as we give our quick assessment of Vandy versus Georgia. Until then, take care and we'll see you on campus. Go dogs. Thank you.